Do you think this is, I'm like trying to remember what my good side is, but I think it's this one. <laughs> I think so too. Okay. I'm, I'm like probably this one. really not like photogenic. Like I don't do well on cameras. Yes, you will. You're going to do Yes, you will. You'll be fine. <laughs> Because you know how I know? Because we're gonna have beer, and then okay. you're gonna completely forget that yeah. you have any. Everybody's pretty with beer, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you know what happened? My first job out of college um, in New York, I did market research for this optical company, and um, they produced, uh, published magazines for like ophthalmologists and optometrists, yeah. and we were doing like an internal photo shoot, and they were like. I mean, I was in the market research department. I was not in, like, that part. And they're like, hey, would you, like, model for us? We're, and we went to this, like, Chelsea Loft, and there was this, like, male model, and I had to, like, sit on the couch and pretend we were, like, together. It was a whole day of photo shoot. And I don't think they used a single picture because I am not photogenic. They okay. wasted that whole this day on me. This happened to Jennifer Lawrence, though. Did you No, I'm like, I am not photogenic, people. I'm not, and they. I went and did that whole thing the whole day, and I don't think they used that one picture. Well, that also happened to Jennifer Lawrence. So it did. Yeah, you're on track she did, for um, oh, She yay. was part of a like American Eagle campaign. Okay. When she was just starting acting because she started off as a model like they all do or something. Oh yeah. And <laughs> like she they all do. and it's Jennifer Lawrence. So instead of being like, pr they were supposed to be playing like football on the beach or something yeah. with all these guys and. Um, they didn't post the photos that she was in, so her agent called the company and um, left a message. And they didn't respond. All they did was send back an email with the images of her in it. And she's like, <laughs> she's not like doing bodily things. She's like doing like football like faces where she's like, ah, you know, and which is amazing. Like, that's that's awesome. I love that. It was not the vibe they're going for. Yeah, like dainty. She football. did not understand the assignment. Yeah. I think she did though. Speaking of assignments, our assignment is to start having drinks so that okay. when we start talking, we're loose. All right, True. what do we have? I know this so, one. I'm excited. Welcome to the Birdhouse. I'm your host, Riley Bloomer, and today we are joined by two of my colleagues and friends, Ron and Beth. Ron has already been on this podcast, but Beth, this is your first time. Um, Beth grew up in Mississippi and attended college at Mississippi State University before moving to New York City. There she worked in market research for three years before moving on to Washington, D.C. to do event planning and membership at an association. She then took a 10-year break from the workforce to stay at home with her three children. In 2021, she joined Universal Title's Old Town office as Director of Business Development and Sales, which has been her most fulfilling and challenging professional role yet. She's now married with three kids, ages 12, 9, and 7. So thank you so much for being here, Beth. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah, so um, today we're going to talk about probably a bajillion different things, but focusing on the Enneagram test, which you told me about. Yes. Um, and I also start with um, some rapid-fire questions, so we'll get to those in a minute. But we have some beer today, as promised. Um, so we've got Yay. the Hardywood... Virginia Blackberry, which okay. I think is a Belgian, and then the other one. Okay. Should I? Yeah, go for it. Okay. I think I want to start with the other one. Though. I'm gonna start okay. with the other one. All right, yeah. everyone. Okay. 
I mean, it looks like a bar fight. So it Did does. I do that too, just so we're all like on the same page? That'd be a good idea. You gotta be okay. on the same level of... Oh my gosh, yeah. sorry. That Those are gonna be fun crazy. to open. Okay. And then the Smoketown beer, which I've never heard of before. Me either. No. Barroom Hero. We're Brewed in Maryland. Oh, oh, Maryland. Hey. I did buy this purely because of the, the can. It is cool. Yeah. All right. Oh. And nope. Nice. <laughs> I got a towel for uh, bringing Thank new agents you. on board. So oh, nice. It's my wife. It's not impressive. <laughs> oh, did she get her license? She did. She's licensed. Yeah. I know you talked about that. That's yep. exciting. I would be interested to know her personality number because, man, there's... I'm going to tell you what. It's it is so incredibly helpful in friendships and relationships. We've so. already started looking at ours, and I was like, holy, sh- holy shit, because of the way... Oh, by the way, you're allowed to cuss on this podcast because <laughs> okay. I have no... Um, Okay. Filter. I love that. Honestly. And I love also that you said cuss and not curse. Yeah. Curse. That feels yeah. like darn. Very Mississippi of you. Yeah. <laughs> cuss is. I, I really cuss forget. Cuss is southern. I always forget you're from Mississippi. Remember oh. when I first called you I and know. I was like, you have a 228 area code. I know. I know. <laughs> this is delicious. It is. It's pretty good. Okay. But you just don't seem. It's creamy. Mississippian. Okay. We'll leave that for another podcast. Yeah, I was like, we can dig into that. Uh, cheers. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. Yay. Thanks for Clink. having me. To threes. Yeah. Oh, no. Wrong. <laughs> to threes. So threes. I didn't oh. know you, I knew you grew up in Mississippi. I didn't know you um, were a event planner because that's so much of what I do for the team. Yes. But for an association, which is, like, a little different, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I do event planning now for our UT office, but yeah. what I was, I mean, I was also, like, sort of in the lower level, mm-hmm. but it was a national association, and it was more, like, big conferences than small events, like, big events. Um, I did not love it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> was it like 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 businessy events? Just blunt. I did not love I mean, it. Yeah. I didn't love Good, it. You're you not know, doing that the reason so. I was doing the market research job and I realized I could do it and I did I feel like I did pretty well at it, but it was just a lot of numbers and computers yeah, and yeah. I realized I needed something more people focused and when I moved here I thought okay, an association that feels like you're doing good or something like that, like Mm -hmm. being in D.C. And then membership and event planning sounds like you're working with people. Yeah. No. No. I mean, like mostly you're sitting at your computer all day in a database or, you know, answering phone calls. And then you do get to be with people at the actual events, which is like five times a year. So it's not... Not it as sounds, romantic as yeah, it Yeah, more glamorous than it is. Not as know. peoply as you hoped. It's not, it was not as peoply as I hoped. So, needless to say, I was not happy. Yeah. I mean, not unhappy to move on. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm going to... I always have to check to make sure I'm actually recording on my phone because I started. And I'm like, did I press it? Yes, I did. <laughs> Your new phone, you mean? My new phone. Oh, you phone. got a new phone? Yeah, I had up. my old That's phone exciting. for five years. It was my <gasps> first iPhone. We're moving up. Wow. That Riley, I got, Riley when just I just got out of high today. school. 
<laughs> Congratulations. Thank and welcome you. Thank to you. 2023. I felt so grown up in there. Um, okay, so before we start talking about the um, Enneagram, I wanted to do some rapid fire questions. Rapid fire with Jim, the first one we talked about for 20 minutes. I want to try to get better at that. Okay. So if you can answer in under three minutes okay. for, per question, that would be great. Okay, I love that you defined that because I yeah. was going to say, is this rapid, like I have 10 seconds? Yeah. Or, or oh, okay, I'm three minutes. Three minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do All right, it. Do it. But I get three minutes, right? You get three minutes. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, I'm ready. Okay, so how did your hometown influence the way that you behave today? Okay, I like this one. I would say the biggest way my hometown influenced me is in um, like being friendly and talking to people, talking to random people everywhere you go. That's definitely a big part of Southern culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am the person, you know, living on the East Coast that makes friends with the person behind me in the grocery store. I'm talking to the checkout person. I mean, I'm over here something and jump in. Oh my gosh, me too. Like I had that happen last week also. Like I love doing that. It doesn't bother me at all. I think you might have said the same thing. Yep. And I think I also agree. That's so funny. Small farm town Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I say this all the time. Like when I when I talk to other people and I treat them like they're my best friend, Mm -hmm. I get the look all the time. And then if like two minutes in of talking to somebody like they're my friend that I've never met before, yeah, they kind of relax a little bit. Yeah, you're like, yeah, Yeah, I think so. so Yeah, I'm like, no, this is. We're friends now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't want to brag. Do you want to come to my wedding? Yeah. I'm not going to get married anytime soon, but I'm inviting you. I definitely do. <laughs> okay. Um, how nice. You're the first person First of all, you guys did that in that. a minute and 20 seconds. Wow. We win. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That does not carry do. over to the next question. I was just going to say no. that gives me some leeway. Nope. Oh, man. Okay. Perform. Time to perform. Hey, whose okay. podcast is this? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I am upholding your standards, <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. So, you know, I'm 22, and that's a big part of this podcast. The whole thing is growing up and growing a business. How has your vision of success changed since you were my age? Okay. Honestly, I don't know that it's changed that much my definition of success I feel really fortunate that I had a great example of success I always looked up to my mom because she stayed home with us for I think 16 years and then went back to work um, in a career that she has loved and been really successful in and I always saw her um with the attitude of like it's never too late to try something new but also Mm -hmm you can have a career that you love, um, that that's possible to love what you do. So I knew early on that family, oh, you're making me nervous with the clock. Oh, like, no, oh my gosh. Oh, okay, it. okay, good. I was like, oh gosh. Oh, no, um, no, 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 I was reading this. Okay. I thought you were looking at your watch. No, I was, li- I was literally reading this. He's I'm like, oh shoot, I'm going seconds too long. Out. If I start okay. flicking my nose, you have yeah. 30 seconds. Oh gosh, okay. You better start uh, talking. Focus, focus. But I think early on I knew that I wanted to be a mom and have a family and that that was really important to me, but I think I also was felt pretty driven to do something. I didn't really know what, but I, I mean, at one point, I remember in college, maybe when I was around 20 or 21, 
I thought I wanted to own my own business, but um, I worked for someone who owned his own business and he said, oh, like you're married to your business and you don't have time for it. And I immediately was like, well, that's out of the list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I thought for a little while I wanted to be a CEO. And then somebody was like, well, you forget family life. And I was like, okay, well then that's not for me. So I think it was always a combination of finding something that I loved with mm-hmm. also like the family part always being important. Yeah. But it's looked different at every point in life. You know, it's taken me, like, this is the job that I have loved the most that I've done. And when after having kids, I didn't know if I would go back to work because I always felt like I want to do something that I really enjoy if I'm going to take the time, which is, I realize, a super privileged thing to say. Does that answer the question? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That was really long-winded. No, I was thinking, (laughs) as you were saying that, the first thing was, so you, you stayed home with your kids for what was it, 10 years? Mm -hmm. Did you kind of, were you always planning on doing that because of the way that your mom did that too? I was always planning on doing that. And I think if I had had, back to your question about like the event planning job, I think if I had loved that job, I think if I had had a career that I really loved before I had kids, Mm -hmm. I probably would have felt a lot more tension about leaving. Mm -hmm. But I knew what I was doing wasn't a great fit for me. And so, and I already wanted to be home with them, so that was a very easy choice for me. Yeah. Um, I actually think now it's harder that I have something I love to do and then, like, balancing the tension between, like, family and work. And I don't know, honestly, how you balance. There's, I don't think there is balance. It's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. Case-by-case case basis. <laughs> yeah, day-by-day. Day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. You probably feel that also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I don't do well with that. I'm, that's what I was literally reading through my stuff. And I was like, oh, gosh, this is, yeah, that's that's spot on. Yeah. It's I, freaky, right? Yeah. Do you or, feel seen? Yeah. And like, a, well, we There's can get into it. There's a couple points that are feel... so funny that I was like, what? <laughs> they say that when you find your, your Enneagram number that you feel like embarrassed yeah. You feel like so, like, it, yeah. and then when it describes maybe the more negative, like some of the negative yeah. things, you feel very exposed and yeah. like kind of like embarrassed. Like, yeah, it's interesting. Um, huh. I definitely felt that. And you, I, I think a lot of people, and maybe I'm just thinking about the conversations I've had lately, but I've heard a lot of folks connect their vision of success with their mom and oh. how she raised them. And, I'm curious about that, and I want to dig into that maybe on a different episode or something, like the way that mothers shape success in their children, because that would be really cool. I think that would be cool, and I do think it has a big impact on especially women. Yeah. Have you heard that from men also? I'd be interested in. Um, I don't know if you, I don't think you mentioned that, did you? No. Um, It's probably going to be mostly women. I imagine, but I think as gender roles change and as, you know, the modern man definition changes as well, you know, For sure. I think that that would lean more towards, but I don't know. I mean, yeah. that's kind of what I'd be, be interesting to thinking. explore that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So last rapid fire, we're nailing it so far. This is good. <laughs> What's one thing no one on this podcast knows about you? And I know that's like, you don't barely even know anybody except for me and Ron. <laughs> I, um, I don't even know. Because the other people are I don't like, know who else. Yeah. 
yeah. people on my team and then like okay. my cousin. Okay. <laughs> so, like, yeah. It's kind of my all neighbor. over the place. Yeah. So you hey, got, cousin. Yeah. But did you hey, listen, have you listened to the episode with Anna Maria yet? No. Well, she told this was hilarious for some background. She told me that she loves um, condensed milk. That was her thing that nobody oh. knew. She loves condensed milk, really? which was cool. very surprising because <laughs> it's Itaria, you know. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. That is funny. So, and, and that yeah. is not a. I would, you know, you yeah. wouldn't guess that about somebody. No, no never. Okay. Right. What are we not guessing about you? Well, mine was more of something I did. I don't know if this is like in with the theme, but. When I was in middle school, I was on the drill team, you know, like the dance team, and we got to go, so I was living in Mississippi, but there was like some big dance group where we all got to go down to New Orleans. It was like hundreds of dancers and learn all these dances and uh, perform at the halftime of a Saints and 49ers game. Oh, cool. So I got to do that in middle school. Yeah. That is so fun. It was really fun. The theme was dancing through the decades. Uh-huh. And my group was 70s and 90s. Oh, So for great. the 70s, it was neon spandex, mm-hmm. like, bell-bottom suits. <laughs> and it was, of course, Staying Alive was the song we danced right. to. And then for the 90s, it was Coolio, that, like, one, two, three, oh, yeah. four, uh-huh. that song. Okay. <laughs> and we, I think we were, like, baggy jeans and, like, T-shirts and hats or something. Sideways hats. Yeah. That's awesome. Can you still do the dances? I do remember, I do remember part of them, but two more beers. Almost, no, yeah. okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if my childhood best friend Rachel ever comes to visit, we always we had this like thing called Tricky Kick <laughs> on drill team, <laughs> and Rachel and I every time we get together, we like do Tricky Kick, Tricky Kick together. That is so fun. It's like our okay. tradition. Well, we got a dance. I love I love that shit with real old friends. I yeah, think friends you make in like sixth, seventh grade that you're yeah. still friends with. Yeah, there's just something. You're never going to get with anybody else. Oh, my gosh. My, and it's like, they know oh you. Gosh, no. The things that have always been true about you, I think about that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I always late and they I'm know clumsy. your number? I think she knows your Ooh, number. Ooh, I'm curious about that. talked about that. Because I wonder if the people that you become close to as a child... <gasps> Okay, we know that. I might need to make a call in the middle of this. <laughs> Let's do because it. Because my Your friend Taylor. Did, okay. you, did you meet Taylor no. when she was here? Okay. So we are, we have a lot of the same morals as we've gotten older. We've kind of merged into the same morals. But she's like, a, she was a D1 soccer player. She's a college athlete. She's like 5'10 and blonde and like absolutely drop dead gorgeous. And wore like sparkly shirts and like is almost always in like pastel pink or blue or wearing like a tracksuit type thing. Okay. So dresses just like you. No. I'm joking. Yeah. (laughs) I was like I was like, I know you know me a little better than that. But especially like in high school and my small stint at college, we'd walk around together and she'd look like that and I would be in like baggy jeans and chains and like a crop top and a hoodie. Yeah. And all blue hair. And four inches shorter than her, and like our dynamics were completely different. But it was like the it was like the sun and the moon type thing, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It was so much fun. And she is the type of friend that like I can kind of turn my brain off because I mean she would walk into a street if I wasn't looking both ways for Aww. us. But she was also the type of friend that will like the second anybody is trying to push me down or anything like she's on it you know yeah. what I mean? she's like deeply deeply protective mm-hmm. of her friends and very loyal which i think is very cool 
um, you both would like her a lot. I think um, that, like, when I think about Rachel and I, it's like whenever we became best friends in sixth grade and we went through middle school, high school, we went to the same college and we moved to New York together. Yeah. All, all these things. Oh, cool. And um, I'm like, we're really more like sisters. Because it's funny, like, your friendship yeah. changes over the years and you kind of move into who you are and mm-hmm. everything, but we just know each other and you know my mom was like her mom and her mom was yeah. like my mom and yeah it's so fun it I saw I don't know if this is true but like if you've been, if you've had a friend for seven years it's like 99% likely that you're going to be friends with them for the rest of your life or something oh I love that could have just been like a tweet that somebody made up but I like it though it kind of makes sense when yeah. I think about people that have been in my life for that long but yeah, yeah I don't know okay I'll have to call that's Taylor like a third later. of your life well, right. They're right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Not and ours. No. But yours. I've known Taylor since we were in sixth grade, so half of my <gasps> life. She's your Rachel. And now she's, like, one of my longest best friends. Um, but, yeah, we'll have to see about that. Because yeah. I wonder if it still lines up even when you're children. Yeah. I don't know. It's... I can't remember. I read something when I was doing, like, a little bit of research. I try not to go... Not to, like, freak myself out and go too much. Mm-hmm. But... They said that usually, I think by, like, I don't know, maybe by the time you're, like, um, teenage years, like, your number is what it is. And they say that you can't, some people believe, you can't change numbers. Like, some people will try to say, I was this, but now I'm this. And they say you, people believe you were, like, born with one hmm. yeah. number. And that is your number. So how did you how did you come about this, and then why was it something that stuck in your mind? I, I when Riley talked about it, I mean the military did so many personality, leadership, all the assessments, and I've never heard of this one. Okay. Um, I've I've seen some things that are very similar, mm-hmm. but I've never heard of this. That's a good question. I'm trying to think of where my a group my group of friends we all kind of learned about it at the same time and kind of became like obsessed and all were like trying to figure out our our number and I don't even know I don't remember how we you kind of you told me that Whitney might have told you it might have been Whitney Whitney's my friend who now Riley knows who I love dearly it seems like it could have been Whitney that sounds right yeah I I just don't remember she was a was she a one Whitney's a one okay and she says that she's like the that one makes is, sense. The, the one is one. Yeah. The one is one there ever was. She's she thinks that she has no wing because they, as you know about wings, yeah. where you like no. have the you lean. To, yeah, no. Well, you, you got can, the major of one of your, and then something else okay. was a, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's like the second one. So I went to figure out what my number was. Everyone's figuring out their number, and I really wanted to be a two because I thought two was the best number. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Even though they're not, none none of them is better than the other, but for some reason, I felt like two was the most (laughs) likable number. Therefore, and twos are extremely likable. I thought twos, I thought two was the best, and I really wanted to be a two. This is so (laughs) ridiculous. This was literally when I'm like in my 30s. Um, fudged her answers. Yeah. To get to it <laughs> and I kept taking the test, and I'm not good at taking tests about myself. So I took the test, and I took the test, and it would say this, and it would say this, and on and on. It took me months. months really? Months. <laughs> to it took out. me about seven minutes. Really? Yeah. And you feel like it's true? Oh, uh, well, I'll be honest with you. I've only read this first page and a half. Okay. So far, yes. Okay. 
because I think I just wasn't self-aware. I didn't view myself until I took a step back because they also say rather than taking a test, read through all of them and then basically just observe, observe your own behavior mm-hmm. and see mm-hmm. what's true mm-hmm. and then reread it. And really that's what did it for me. Yeah. Okay. Also, I, the, where I go in um, stress so, is a big. Okay, that was so, a big one for me. I'm pretty sure you told me you're a four, right? No, no. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm a four. You're a four. I'm a four. Okay, what I are can you? see that. I am a seven. Okay, three. You're a three. Three. Easy. So, but you have a one. One and wing. eight were both heavy. Components. I okay. I think if I remember correctly, I also had a strong two. Okay, which is kind of hilarious, but. Um, well, they say that you can only be one number, although you will see yourself in every number mm-hmm. in some way, but everyone has one dominant. Yeah. So mine were like, my four and my two were almost exactly I know, my next one, to each my other. My one and my eight are almost identical. Yeah. Is that okay. nine? No. <laughs> yeah. <Matt. I> would, <laughs> so my recommendation, and I'm no expert, would be... <laughs> Spend three more days taking the Re- test. Don't take the test. <laughs> don't take the test again. Read the your top ones and then just kind of observe and see. Because here's the thing. I don't know if you saw this in your uh, research, but it's really about numbers can act, behave the same way. But the key to the Enneagram is your motivation and mm-hmm. your basic fear. So two numbers may behave the same way, but why are they behaving that way? That's the core of it. So sevens, this is nice. My my biggest fear is pain and suffering. <laughs> Therefore, my <laughs> actions are to avoid pain and suffering. Um, but uh, like nines want to avoid conflict. I'm trying to think. I don't have them all memorized, but so oh, here's let me the, look it up on my phone. Here's the types. Yeah. Um, so my f- I so fours are the sensitive, introspective type. Which is interesting that I also took it very quickly. You did so, and I have I usually have trouble with personality tests because I I try to answer the questions as the person that I want to be instead Same. of the person that I am. I think a lot of people do that. So <laughs> I was really, really trying to be honest, and I think I did it. And okay. I just really was like, okay, I would love to be somebody that just goes with the flow all the time. Okay. I'm really not. And we were just talking about this. It's the sensitive, introspective type, expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. And the self-absorbed one, me and Ron were just trying to figure this out. I think that's because I think, I don't think I'm necessarily better than everybody else, but I do have the, if somebody's in a bad mood, it's because of something I did, or if somebody's energy uh, off, energy is okay. off, they're mad at me, or whatever. Sure. Like, it's always about... Yeah. Me, 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 when there's some type of negative something happening. I think fours, like, feel big. Yeah. So yes. fours, <laughs> a four's basic fear is that they have no identity or personal significance. And their basic desire is to find themselves and their significance to create an identity. Mm-hmm. Does that resonate? Mm-hmm. So fours, I've heard it described, fours believe there's no one in the world like them. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody laughs like that. Like, Like, and I think that's unique to force. I don't believe that about myself, but I do think force feel like there's no one. Yeah, I and to be honest, I do feel like that, but it's not always in a. A lot of time, it's in a positive way because I do feel 
very unique in a lot of ways, but I also feel constantly, and I have to remind myself, and I think this is the self-absorbed part, I am not the saddest person ever or the person with the most anxiety or the most hardship. That is so not true. Like, I am not having a worse time than everybody else all the time. I'm not being left out more than everybody else. My life isn't just dramatically worse for whatever reason. And I think that that's the... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I wish I would have researched the numbers more because this is interesting. It's fun. Okay, we'll go to threes next. Yeah. Can I do that? Yeah, please do. Please. I'm still learning about myself. I'm on page two of six. (laughs) I just went, I did a light go through mine too, so. For a three. So far, this is spot on. Your basic fear is of being worthless. Yep. And basic desire is to feel valuable and worthwhile. Yep. Does that seem true? Yeah. To a fault. Yeah. 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 I think uh-huh. uh, I think that surfaced when I was a kid because my all my report cards said has to be the class clown, won't raise his hand, always talking out of turn, always having inappropriate conversations. And it's funny as I read through here, it said find the one thing that garners you praise and positive attention, and you will <laughs> you will do that over and over. So I was always oh, if I got uncomfortable. Being funny. It was well. I can crack a joke, and that will yeah, that and will it's cover solved. it up. Yeah, to a point where at one point in my life, kind of at the tipping point of realizing who you are and what some of the opportunities with your personality are, mm-hmm. my wife said, "You know, you should just not be you for a couple of days when you meet people because you revert back to this. You revert to acidic humor and sure. very inappropriate stuff." And I was like, "Yeah, you're probably right." So yeah, this is this is spot on. Yeah. Well, there, it's interesting that you talked about your childhood because each number, they'll dive in and talk about your childhood wound mm-hmm. and, like, how that um, that's, influences That's what you. I thought because I don't have a – I don't think I have a temper anymore, but that's caused – that's from a lot of work. I had a huge temper as a child. The it's still there. Yeah. I just have figured it out. <laughs> yeah. But it's funny because Riley and I talked about in our episode how vision of success changed – and right here on the front, it says these threes typically have problems with workaholism. Mm-hmm. That's that's me to a T. Um, I feel like that has gotten me all the accolades and the success that I've had, but it comes at a cost. And my, my vision of success has changed because, I mean, yeah, of course I want a nice car and money in the bank, but it's getting to the point where I'm like, you know, I don't want to work this hard anymore, and I would rather have time at home, and the kids are almost out of school and graduating, and I'm realizing like all the time I've been away or at work, I mean, it's gotten us to a really comfortable spot in life, but the things that matter are, are being missed, right? Yeah. So that's how my vision, and that, I think once I realize, like, man, I literally just work nonstop, um, and I'll give my client or my boss the best version of me, mm-hmm. and come home a complete shell, mm-hmm. it's kind of a, it's a continual struggle. Yeah. I think that, um, that shows, like, growth and self-awareness. So the whole thing with the Enneagram is... Because I've had some friends I've told about that they were like, that seems like some people are afraid that it feel, it seems like it's going to box you in and, and like it's limiting you. But if you read, they each have, um, there's like nine levels within, within each number from like your, when you're at your unhealthiest, like to oh, your yeah. healthiest. I saw those. And the, the, Very cool. the whole idea behind it is just to bring awareness to yourself and your behavior so that, and then the idea is that you can always be choosing a healthier 
yeah. choice. Like there's a there's an unhealthy choice, and there's a, and when you bring the awareness to what you're doing, when you realize what you're doing, then you have the ability to choose the healthier response. Yeah, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I like and that. that has been really eye-opening. That's why I love it so much because I actually think it's very freeing and it's mm-hmm. helped me to see more of those things in myself because I go and stress to one and I become very critical and micromanaging. Yeah. Yeah. It's not really pretty at all. My poor family. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want my parents to also take it because I wonder how the influence of the, like, your, because I could go through this, and if my mom was a four, I could tell you exactly where she was at different parts of her life. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, exactly what it was that got her to the next, to the higher level, or what brought her down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, in my friend group, who, when we all discovered this together, it's hilarious, because Whitney's a one, Mm -hmm. Robin's a two, we thought Lindsay was a three, but it turns out she's an eight. So we don't have a three. Um, <laughs> well, now you do. <laughs> Jessica is a six. I'm a seven. Lindsay's an eight. Jeez. Liz is a nine. We're all different numbers. Mm-hmm. And we're all, you know, we all come at life and everything from such a completely different yeah. point of view. But this has helped us so much to appreciate each other. That's really fun. And and we'll joke now. We're like, oh my gosh, like you're such you're being such an eight or you're being such a like my friend Lindsay's like, you have a really strong eight wing and it even scares me sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, because oh, eights are very strong, can be very confrontational. Okay. They're just like no bull, no flap, very deep feeling and caring, but um, can come off really sure. Like empathetic, not very sympathetic. Yeah, I can come up. Actually, Kelly's an eight. Is he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Lindsay's an eight. It's been interesting to like, it's funny because when I discovered Kelly was an eight, I'm like, oh, Lindsay helps me understand him, you know, yeah. and even in like the work relationship, you know. Mm-hmm. I think this healthy levels is something I haven't seen. Okay. Typically, the personality tests are you are this, mm-hmm. or this is how you lead, and this is your leadership voice. But I've never seen it broken down because you're you're right. I mean, I think we all are a a, a number. But as I'm looking through this, I'm thinking of a, a couple friends and uh-huh. a couple, yeah. uh, couple even myself. Obviously, I'm looking through here and trying to figure out. So my level one, and I want to hear your guys is at your best and at your worst. Oh, mine okay. is at my best. Profoundly creative, expressing the personal and universal possible, possibly in a work of art, inspired, self-renewing, and regenerating, able to transform all their experiences into something valuable, self-creative. Does that feel like something you would love? No, yes, because like, and I, and I, I feel like I hit this few days, you know, and that's something, I mean, I'm in my 20s, so obviously this isn't going to be perfect, but I think I'm on on the upscale but sure um in the times of my life where I've been the happiest I create the most art mm. that's a big one for me yeah um I play the most music and my roommate and my best friend Kat she says I always know when you're happy because you play your guitar every day Aww. and I was like that's that makes sense you know mm-hmm. what I mean and I thought for a long time as a teenager that because I had a very 
prospectively like easy life growing up mm-hmm. I thought I would need to go through some type of deep pain or emotional turmoil to be able to create good art mm-hmm. um, and then when that actually happened in my life I didn't create anything mm-hmm. because I didn't have the energy or the motivation or the happiness and I do not pull from anxiety you know it's yeah. pull from joy so I that's I think that's beautiful. very cool yeah to read and then my unhealthy levels level nine <laughs> despairing feeling feel hopeless and become self-destructive possibly abusing alcohol or drugs to escape in the extreme emotional breakdown or suicide is likely generally corresponds to the avoidant depressive and narcissistic personality disorders well, that was dark. Yeah. 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 All the... Sounds nine. like our conversation the first time we talked. <laughs> <laughs> was a piece and of I, would say th- I would say that we're both generally optimistic people. Yes. So yeah. that was a f- an interesting yeah. first meeting. Yeah. Sorry, we're off That's topic good. Here. That's good, though. I think, I think when, you, when you pull that out of I other I think we went people. deep first mm-hmm. time. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that... I, I don't think I've reached level nine quite before that's maybe good. level hopefully eight. you don't no i've never been like a suicidal person but definitely have had some depressive issues and avoidant stuff but yeah it's interesting i want to know the difference in the level nines yeah all right okay what's, you your, go? what's your level you one? To, yeah you want me to read level one or level nine level one first level one self-accepting inner directed and authentic Everything they seem, everything they seem to be, okay. uh, modest and charitable, self-deprecatory, self-deprecatory humor, and a fullness of heart emerge. This is the weirdest thing. Gentle and benevolent. They said a lot of. Hmm. They just basically pick words out of a dictionary. Yeah. Well, I think that threes can be. So just this is. I also follow a number of Enneagram people on Instagram, and mm-hmm. they post all kinds of funny, you know, sort of more just um what's the word I'm looking for stereotypical things that are funny but like deeper but like threes in general are kind of known as like um very image conscious um like accolades very um focused on success chameleons um like you're 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 like who do you want me to be today like I'll be and 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 so I think what they're Mm -hmm. saying is when you're like healthy as a three you're like who you really are yeah. and what you are on the outside is matching versus you're just trying to be I can see that yeah. whoever I want you to be people maybe saying you stop. stop like mirroring people yeah I mean I guess what I see in this is um, and maybe that's where it, maybe it came from the childhood piece there at about 11 I don't know if it's hormones I don't know if it was what it was but I mean I put on a lot of weight as a kid and I don't know if that's where the humor came to deal mm. with that and body image has always been a concern for me, right? Something I've always struggled with. And years ago, I lost like 65 pounds and got in the best shape of my life. Oh, wow. And I was the biggest asshole to everybody in the room. <gasps> everybody who knows me during that time was like, you were a complete nightmare to be around. Because I felt so proud of what I'd accomplished. Like, I, it was like spilling out of me. Oh, Suddenly, wow. I was better than everybody else. Yeah. And so then when you know life returned to normal and and you know you gain some weight back and do whatever suddenly I was like you know I didn't really like that person I was obviously I want to be in better shape but Sam and I my wife always talk about how yeah sure I'd love to be 15 pounds lighter but we're happy good marriage enjoying life and I kind of at that point where I'm like I I make fun of my hairline weight 
pick something, right? I'm always yeah. making fun of it because I can almost fully accept kind of everything in its current state. So that's I, an I interesting that. realization yeah. that you achieved this thing probably that you thought would make you the happiest yeah. or really happy right. of like that ideal body or whatever. You're all hot in here. Did I just... No, just, it's a I little just, warm. I just felt like I, I spilled my guts everywhere. Was that recorded? Oh my God. Yeah. On vulnerable. Um, multiple. Yeah, vulnerable. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I do see that. But I think that's fascinating that you were able to see. Did you realize that for yourself or did your no. wife say... No, I like in the in the moment back then. Like, yeah, um, or just in retrospect. Uh, I mean, I could feel part of it. I mean, it was literally a complete mental change on how I treated people. Okay. Um, coworkers, I was an instructor at the time. I treated students terribly. It was very much a superior complex. Yeah. Um, and because it was, I had tackled something that had been an issue for me, right? So it was just like, it was through the roof. Um, yeah. But I mean, I, that was probably one of our most difficult points in our marriage sure um i was very very demeaning i mean just i i saw it i could feel it i couldn't stop it yeah um, and now later on like i can see all the damage that that did and so i do think like the level thing is really cool that's mm-hmm. something i wasn't aware of mm-hmm. and i would be curious once we get some downtime i'm going to read through these and kind of figure out what level i was because i'm thinking of a couple people that um could benefit because they're at levels that are a little higher. So anyways, level yeah. nine. Uh, become vindictive. I haven't read this yet. Okay, okay. It's going to be exactly what yeah. you just said Become vindictive, us. attempting to ruin others' happiness. <laughs> oh my God. Relentless, obsessive about destroying whatever reminds them of their own shortcomings and failures. Psychopathic behavior <laughs> generally corresponds to the narcissistic personality disorder. Wow. I love this so much. <laughs> that holy was me. shit. So that was oh, oh wow, eight to twelve. <laughs> so I'd have been twenty four to twenty eight. Wow. And um, wow. that pretty much sums me up. Wow. Beth, you're so up. Much. Yay! <laughs> On that so note, we'll have to like we'll have to pause and actually read through so that we can like figure out where we think we're at right now. Because I'm not at either of those. Yeah, I mean, I think the I think. Probably, I don't know how attainable one is mm-hmm. for how long. I mean, obviously that's the goal. Standard I mean, I think mo- I think people are probably mostly in the, in the middle to yeah. hopefully up. Like you, I think, yeah. Either anyway. Okay, so my level one: assimilate experiences in depth, making them deeply grateful and appreciative for what they have. Become awed by the simple wonders of life, joyous and ecstatic, imitations of spiritual reality of the boundless goodness of life. So sevens, y'all may not know a lot. We, I have a tendency to just, um, I'm always looking for kind of the next thing. Mm-hmm. Sevens can kind of be known for like starting something new and then moving on because they get bored. When they're unhealthy, there's like a tendency, like I will like get like actually kind of like a physical feeling of just like, absolute restlessness where I can't focus on anything super scattered and just like accumulating it could be like experiences or physical things but just like a very much feeling like the grass is greener I'm just gonna like go go I'm gonna like find the best thing so just like Mm -hmm. moving through life not in like a deep way yeah so 
it makes sense that experiencing things in depth and being like deep, deeply grateful and appreciative, it's hard for me to like sit sometimes Relax. in that's funny I used to have a problem with relaxing because I couldn't decide how best to relax that's what I'm so doing then I stress out <laughs> about relaxing because mm-hmm. huh. there's so many things I want to do to relax also I want to do a lot of things I want to do everything all the things I want to do so many things to yeah relax. yeah <laughs> but then I'm like but do I want to watch a movie or do I want to read a book do I want to go for a walk oh, gosh I don't have time to do them all, so what am I going to do? I wonder if my wing was a seven, because I'm very much like You're that, You're like too. that? Okay. But I also just have an anxiety disorder yeah. as well. But, like, I, like, make art a lot of the time because I'm sitting, I, like, want to relax and watch a TV, and then I can't stop fidgeting it or, or whatever, so I have to put my hands somewhere. Yeah. Do you knit? I'm making a rug right now, oh. but I do knit. Yeah, I'll show you a picture later. It looks really I cool. can't knit because that's way too detail-oriented yeah. and, like, no, I can't do it. Um, crochet. Or I'll yeah. teach you how to make rugs. Very fun. Very Ooh. easy. Okay. Yeah. I'll it be into it. It sounds miserable. I might be. It's not. I'm like, <laughs> it's a not, rug? It sounds, like, somewhat interesting. I can tell you I might be interested for about two months. See, okay, I'm like that, and that's why I like big projects, because I'll work on it for, like, three months, like, yeah. aggressively, and then I'll not want to touch it for, like, three months, and then I'll be really excited to work on it sure. again. So I have, like, four huge projects going at all times. You guys oh, wow. sound like my wife. <laughs> Every project gets started. She's excited. She's got new paint schemes. She's got everything. I come home, drywalls down. She's re-ran plumbing. <laughs> I mean, since every time I leave for a week to Kansas City, I come home and the oh, house is completely oh. new. Except, what? Except, it's like she just stops and yeah. so, and everything sits exactly where oh. it was. Tools are out. She the levels, loses steam. Oh, she loses steam. And if she finishes the product project, nothing is put away. It's just oh. there's still just shit everywhere. Tools, <laughs> okay, everywhere. And I'm like. So to hear this, like this gives me anxiety. Yeah. Pick it, go well, with I it. I clean up every day after finish it. Yeah. Finish it. Yeah. I like to clean up too. I actually can't I can't focus or work if if my physical space is messy. I have yeah. to like clean I even before I let's say I'm gonna bake a cake, I clean the whole kitchen yeah. and then start. Yeah. I think my mom might be a seven too. Yeah. Because she, you guys are very, very similar in everything Ooh. you're saying. I'm like, yeah. I picked all of this up from my mother. <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah. What's yeah. your unhealthy side? Yeah. Okay. Bakes cakes. Yeah. Cleans before bakes. Okay. <laughs> Finally, their energy and health is completely spent. Become catastrophic and panic stricken. Often give up on themselves in life. Deep depression and despair. Self destruction. Overdoses. Impulsive suicide generally corresponds to the bipolar disorder and hysteronic personality disorder. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that word is. I haven't heard of that one. I mean, I think the bottom of every level is, like, depression, despair. Yeah. Except for yours. Yours was, I'm going to fuck up everybody oh, yeah. else's lives. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah you were yeah, like, yeah. if I'm going down, so oh, yeah. are you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Still working. Working to fuck your life up, too. <laughs> Can't wait. Glad yeah. I'm in that circle now. Well, well you're doing a think, shitty job, bro. Yeah, I, we're, hopefully we're up a couple levels. Gosh, yeah, yeah. I would say this maybe is a more like a level five. I'd be interested to read our level five. So my level five is probably more of like a, I don't know, like middle of the road unhealthiness, not like deep despair, but unable to discriminate what they really need, become hyperactive. I can 
definitely become hyperactive. Unable to say no to themselves, throwing self into constant activity, uninhibited, doing and saying whatever comes to mind, storytelling, flamboyant exaggerations, witty wise cracking, performing, fear of being bored, in perpetual motion, but do too many things, many ideas, but little follow through. Huh. That's like the... Probably more what you would see yeah. if I'm yeah. just like an, I'm I'm like running in eight thousand directions, and just kind of manic. Have you ever heard that? Yes, always comes at a cost. No is always free. No. So when you've got all these different things, and I had to use it a little bit in the military, you get asked to do all you know a podcast of this of yeah. that. Yeah, because I'm definitely like I want to do it all. You want to do it? Yeah, I'm I, a I agree. yes person. It, for me, it was if I could take care of a person, I'll go do it. I'll work sure. an extra two hours. I'll. And, I, and my boss looked at me and he said, you don't always have to say yes. I was like, yeah, but I feel like it's my job. He goes, yes always comes at a cost. It's mm-hmm. you're tired, you're worn out, it's financial, whatever. Maybe the kids are now at home, they're missing dinner with the family. Yeah. It comes at a cost. So if you're going to say yes, know what your cost is. No, it's always free. The moment mm-hmm. you say no, they're going to be like, oh, that sucks. And they're going to move on. Yeah. But it costs you nothing. Mm. So That yeah. is a good one. Yes always comes I have learned like free. no is a complete sentence. I've heard mm-hmm. that before too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been helpful. Just and I have felt some growth. Like recently in the spring, just a lot of crazy things happened, and I was a bit overwhelmed. And just and um, Whitney said, I can tell you have a lot going on. You've said no to three different things that I know you would like to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I actually felt really good about that. I felt like that was like me actually being healthy, knowing I would love to do it, but also feeling like maybe it wasn't the healthiest thing yeah. for me but it takes it has taken a lot of time to even be able to do that for me yeah what's your five because five might be kind of where we typically sit. Yeah. so I nine's would say, pretty dark n- nine is dark nine would be really deep yeah. so my five i think is my bad day average i think my good day average would be level three okay like i think i I think I usually project a level three. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but my level five isn't very positive. To stay in touch with feelings, they interiorize everything, taking everything personally, but become self-absorbed and introverted, moody and hypersensitive, shy and self-conscious, unable to be spontaneous or get out of themselves, stay withdrawn to protect their self-image and buy time to sort out feelings. That's a 100,000% like... A bad day. Uh, a bad day. But also, like, the buy time to sort out feelings, that's a big, like, that's really nice to read because I've tried to figure out what this, like, pattern that I do, which is where if somebody confronts me about something, my immediate response is to defend myself, mm-hmm. no matter what they're saying, even if I know I fucked up, like, just to put up a wall and be like no 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 like I didn't whatever Mm -hmm. so whenever I have an issue that somebody's brought up to me I'm like okay um I'm gonna talk to you about this tomorrow because I need to sit and then I can always feel that transfer over in my head go from well they did this and this and this and this and this and blah 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 Mm -hmm. to okay I love this person I understand where they're coming from and I did do these things that could make them upset and I understand that this you know so like having that time that actual time to move over but I think that that kind of I don't know if that's ever going to go away but maybe it will yeah but I think it's huge to have the growth of realizing that you need the day Mm -hmm. don't react immediately and then being able to say like I need to sleep on it can we have a conversation about this tomorrow 
Well, then maybe yeah, because I, I mean used I think it's okay if you need that. time, yeah. but just saying. Yeah. Hmm. I think the maturity piece of that, and we're not all a level one to three all day long. Yeah. No. Right. I mean, you can't be. No. Um, so. We're all human. Yeah. After all. I just I just think as long as you've got the awareness, mm-hmm. the emotional intelligence. Unfortunately, a lot of it comes from lessons learned of breaking relationships and ruining friendships yeah. because of your your emotional outbreak, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's you said you're typically a level three, do you think? I think so I think I projected th- typically a level three let's, and let's I think test it. Okay. Let's see. <laughs> let's, yeah, you know. You would know, well. right? Highly personal, individualistic, true to self, self revealing, emotionally honest, humane, ironic view of self and life, can be serious and funny, vulnerable and emotionally strong. Yeah. So I feel I not the I funny think, part, right? I'm so good. boring and awful, but <laughs> <laughs> this I think that's pretty. That's pretty, yeah, it's pretty, pretty spot on. on. So why didn't you think you're a two? What's the? Well, I just told you guys pretty much: self-aware, introspective, on the search for self, aware of feelings and inner impulses, sensitive and intuitive both to self and others, gentle, tactful, and compassionate. So I think I lose the ability to be gentle and tactful and compassionate in those moments where mm. somebody expects a response from me immediately when they bring me a problem. See. You know, not a one yet. I would like to be. That sounds fun. But yeah. <laughs> that sounds fun. yeah. I think that's the life goal. Yeah. The self-renewing and regenerating. I have I think I've been one recently, I would say, like I I bounce into one for like a week at a time sometimes, but the self-renewing and regenerating, that's definitely something that I've learned how to do in the past, like, six months. Mm-hmm. I thought I didn't like alone time, and now I'm, like, really into not having anybody around me. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Interesting. Okay, Ron, what's your what's average? What's your dream? Uh, three. Oh, three you were going to do five, five and three. Five. Average bad day and your average good day. or um, Level five, I could see being a bad day. Yeah. So become image conscious, highly concerned with how they are perceived, begin to package themselves according to the expectations of others and what they need to do to be successful. Pragmatic and efficient, but also premeditated, losing touch with their own feelings beneath a, beneath a smooth facade. Problems with intimacy, credibility, and phoniness emerge. I don't know what phoniness is. Big mm-hmm. fake. Big fat phony. Okay, no. Yeah, um, yeah I can see that. So I would say that's, because yeah, looking at the next one, that looks a little, I hope it's not that one. What's uh, your like three? My three is ambitious to improve themselves to be the best they can be, often become outstanding, a human ideal embodying widely admired cultural qualities, highly effective, and others are motivated to be like them in some positive way. Aww. I sound like I'm writing my own billboard. Does that? Ron do you, for president. <laughs> I think, is that Ron your? Ron sounds like a great president. Ron sounds like an awesome time. Is that your average good day, would you say? Um, it sounds okay, so I'm going to read like two. I, okay. I, th- I think three is is pretty good. Two, yeah. there's not a whole lot of difference. Okay. Self-assured, energetic, and competent with high self-esteem. They believe in themselves and their own value. Adaptable, desirable, charming, and gracious. <laughs> I think your two is a good day. That's why I was like two. I think I mean, so. For the most part, I... I think it depends on the situation for you and less of the day if you're a two or a three. Yeah. You know, and who you're dealing with. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, let's read one. Oh, you already heard one. Yeah. Yeah. There's pieces of ones like the self-deprecatory humor. 
mean, I definitely do that. I figured if I make fun of myself, then nobody else can. <laughs> like a fat Amy? <laughs> yeah, fat Amy. Exactly. I love it. Yeah, two two to three, I think, yeah. most days. That's good. I think it's good to have a high level on most days than anything else. Yeah. It, I do too, but man, uh, as my wife says, she's like, people can't keep up with you was, at your level all uh, the time. Yeah. Um, or just, I mean, my wife is definitely not that. I mean, she's she's a little more um, self-doubting, introverted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of disparities that kind of come with those two things. That's what we talked about after the baseball game, if you yeah. remember, was yeah. she was like, you know, you're, you're successful in everything you do. You're motivating. People like to be around you. She's like, but you're exhausting to be around because you demand a lot and you expect a lot. And, yeah. And... Um, and you don't settle for being half-assed. She's like, that's why you got there. Yeah. But that's an unrealistic thing for people who aren't a three. Yeah. Right? I actually have some of that as well. I can be yeah. a bit demanding of yeah. myself and others. It's not a bad thing. It's not I a bad also, thing. And I think I that's something I never realized. I always viewed myself as being, because I was really shy as a child. Mm-hmm. And I think I always still viewed myself as being kind of shy and timid and not as like I don't know I, I think my perception of myself was maybe different which is why yeah. this has all been really eye-opening to kind of see it and then like observe and be like oh I'm not a yeah two. I guess that is true you know yeah. I wonder if like also maybe you attract people that are on a similar level to you and have a similar like mood flow you know what I mean so I think if you got to choose your team, all the choose your family, choose your friends, choose your coworkers, I think you would automatically go towards I think you would go towards these things because that's what's the most comfortable. Sure. Yeah. But I think you immediately recognize that you're only good at this one little sliver. Yeah. Yeah. And you have the whole rest of the you, pie. You need everybody. But that that's a thing that comes way sure. later, right? And, yeah. And whether it's a relationship or coworkers. Right. Um, I don't like being around the introverted, number crunching people. I can't stand it. Mm-hmm. They're not my people and they're uncomfortable as shit to talk to and they look at the wall when they talk to me. Mm-hmm. But I realize I have to have them because I am terrible at those things. Yeah. So that's, I always joke like you're going to go into the room and you're going to find all the Rons, right? And you're going to hang out with the Rons. And that's awesome until it's time to get down to business. And then Rons yeah. do all the same thing the same way. It's like having 13 quarterbacks on the team. You don't need that. Right. Which is like the beauty of all the, you need all the numbers. Everyone's yeah. coming at it in their so own like, unique maybe way. maybe different numbers but similar levels. Yeah. Maybe. The levels is something I hadn't thought of. Yeah, because prior. like when I think about when I've grown away from a friend, it's because they've been stuck on a lower level and haven't been able to, you yeah. know, yeah. do that on their own to get them out. And when I'm like when I first met Evie, we were at very similar. Evie's my best friend. We were at very similar places emotionally, I think, and that's why I was attracted to her. I think is because we had the same. Mm-hmm. We have similar levels. Yeah, I mean, I think like you think you're I a two most Oh, I don't know. I think that's what I want to be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, re- uh, here we go. Again. I think I think one is like, yeah, okay, maybe one day, but maybe one is two like you're is 85 more, years old and you yeah, live your life yeah, and you and know you're everything so that you need to know. And like mature. 
but maybe more, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think do. I have occasionally days like this. Um, highly responsive, excitable, enthusiastic about sensation experience. Most extroverted type stimuli bring immediate responses. They find everything invigorating, lively, vivacious, eager, spontaneous, resilient, cheerful. I mean, I've only met you a few times, but I would say that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Like, I, the day that I met you, I was like, Riley is so cool and interesting. <laughs> and, like, I have the best job in the whole world. I can't believe that I get to, like, meet people Me and too. do this. <laughs> and this is so amazing. Hi friends, so we ended up talking for a while, so I am splitting this episode into two parts, but thank you again Ron and Beth for stopping in to chat with me for a while, I had a great time, and definitely listeners come back next week for part two. Okay, thanks so much.